Welcome to the sermon podcast from First United Methodist Church in downtown Bentonville. If you have questions related to what you hear today, or just want to find out more about the ministries of First United Methodist Church, please visit us online at fumcbentonville.org. Good morning. My name is Pastor Andrea, and I want to also extend my welcome to you here or in person, but also those online. Hello? Beginning at verse 16. And it reads... Don't be misled, my dear brothers and sisters. Every good gift, every perfect gift comes from above. These gifts come down from the Father, the creator of heavenly lights, in whose character there is no change at all. He chose to give us birth by his true word. And here is the result. We are like the first crop from the harvest of everything he created. Know this my dear brothers and sisters. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to grow angry. This is because an angry person doesn't produce God's righteousness. Therefore, with humility, set aside all moral filth and the growth of wickedness, and welcome the word planted deep inside you, the very word that is able to save you. You must be doers of the word, and not only hearers who misled themselves. Those who hear but don't do the word are like those who look at their faces in a mirror. They look at themselves, walk away, and immediately forget what they look like. But there are those who say the perfect law, the law of freedom, and continue to do it. They didn't listen They don't listen and then forget, but they put it into practice in their lives. They will be blessed in whatever they do. If those who claim devotion to God don't control what they say, they mislead themselves. Their devotion is worthless. True devotion, the kind that is pure and faultless before God the Father, is this, to care for the orphans and widows and their difficulties and to keep the world from contaminating us. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. You may be seated. Let us have a word of prayer. Oh, gracious Lord, we're so thankful for this opportunity to come and to hear your word. And right now I say, good morning, Grace. We have failed to turn and meet your grace and meet us every single moment of the day. And as we are here, listen to your living word. May your wisdom kiss us and transform us as new people, ready to transform the world. In Christ, we pray. Amen. I say all the time, you know, I joke around being Baptist because I grew up Baptist, right? (laughs) But I converted to... Christian, to, to Methodism, almost eight years ago. And so as an adult that was invited, along with my mother, who is a, is a preacher herself, we were invited to go to a little church in College Station, Arkansas. And it was, it was invited to go to a, a, a CME church, it's a Christian Methodist Episcopal church. And I had never been in a Methodist church. But oh, sitting there in the quietness of this church, I found my way home. And in my journey of, of, of making a decision 
not my own decision, but God's grace that prompted me to be there and to respond to that and to figure out what is Methodism. And what I learned is what set us apart from a lot of different denominations is our understanding of grace. It's a powerful understanding of grace. And as we are beginning our sermon series today called Back to the Basics, it's basically Methodist 101. And we have such good theology that is life-changing. But I don't believe that we have the right language, the right ways to be able to articulate it, to share to those around us. We say we're Methodists, but we have some good theology, again, that is life-changing. And I am on celebrating on the week of my year of ordination on this week. And I remember, I'm reminded full of what God's grace is in my life and for the church. So I invite you as we read through this, this letter of James, we're going to say some things that are very technical around our theology. So bear with us, but also listen so that you can, again, have the language, as Reverend Michelle is going to be leading a Bible study on, conversations to talk, have with atheists. How to have these conversations are important, because how we share our faith. And today's sermon is called, Good Morning, Grace. Good Morning, Grace. And what we fail to really talk about as Methodists is that we, are, we love our grace, right? We, we, we shout it from the rooftop, grace, grace, grace. But why do we need grace? We have, why do we need grace? And if we, it, um, beginning at um, verse 13, it kind of tells us why. I'm going to read it for us. I'm going to start at verse 13 in James. No one who is tested should say, God is tempting me. This is because God is not tempted by any form of evil, nor does he tempt anyone. Everyone is tempted by their own cravings. They are lured away and enticed by them. Once those cravings conceive, they give birth to sin. And when sin grows up, it gives birth to death. We need divine grace because our church the United Methodist Church and the, Christian, and the whole church universal, has a concept called total depravity, which we don't want to talk about that really, really. But how we as Wesley understanding is that because of the actions of Adam and Eve, there was the consequences because of their desire to turn towards themselves and away from God. And Wesley didn't, he likes to talk about it in the sense that when we come into the world, we're separated by the presence of God. And that we need divine grace to restore our image of God, to restore our ability to turn towards God. So that's what divine grace does for us. We desire, we all know that, we desire to do what we want to do, right? It feels good to turn to ourselves, and if we do that, we're like, oh, that wasn't a good idea. We need God's divine grace, and we know the story, and it begins in our baptisms. Our baptism allows us to have a new disposition. There are two things that happen to us in our baptisms, and you probably remember from last week, if you did, and I understand that, 
But baptism itself, there is a change that happens outwardly. Our relationship with God is restored through Jesus Christ. And you are not here by your own doing. God's provenient grace brought you here. God's grace precedes us. God's grace prevents us. If we turn towards it, good morning, grace is always there. Then it prevents for us from doing certain things in our life and turn towards God's grace. It allows us to turn away from that which is not good. And so we have this gift of God's grace, and James reminds us that every good gift, every perfect gift comes from above. These gifts come down from the Father, the creator of heavenly lights, in whose character there's no change at all. And the second part of our baptism is called new birth. When you have the gift of the Holy Spirit, we say these powerful words over us and bless the water, and we believe in our baptism, we're given the gift of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit allows us to be changed. It allows us, we call, to be sanctified. Sounds like, you know, a little churchy, but that's the words we use. We use the word sanctification. <laughs> Can you say that with me? Sanctification. And it simply means that we are being changed by the Holy Spirit. But we can't not be changed if we are not responsive to the Holy Spirit. You know, our Methodist movement was founded as a revival movement within the Church of England. John Wesley, he, he, he saw that people were not responding to the gift of the baptism. And they would go around and say, once saved, always saved. We don't believe that as Methodists. <laughs> We don't believe that. We believe that salvation is an ongoing journey until we say goodnight. And he said, it didn't matter if you were baptized so long ago. This is in one of his, his sermons. If you want a copy, you can come to my office. I got him. <laughs> and he says, in this moment, do you know if the Holy Ghost lives in you? And James Gospel reminds us that God desires to give us new birth. We have new birth. We're all in here, most of us, if you have not been baptized, me and Reverend Michelle will love to talk to you what that means for you. But for those that who already have, we have already begun to be, we are new creatures. What we don't do is lean into the second part as a life of transformation. And what we have here, Wesley um, describes um, the way to salvation through a house metaphor. We begin here by accepting the gift of baptism. And so we are at the porch of the house. And then we have confirmation that most of us are going through at some point in our lives. That means that you have gone through the teachings. We have little ones right now, they're not little really, but middle-aged kids fifth, sixth, and seventh graders that are going through confirmation to learn about the faith. And at the end, we're praying that the Holy Spirit prompts them to respond responsibly to God's grace, to profess by themselves that, yes, I believe the doctrines of the church. Yes, I am willing and ready to live into my baptism vows. I am ready to respond to the Holy Spirit in us. That journey happened long ago for most of us. And many will begin to journey that on in a little while. 
And so we're at the porch because we have been justified through our baptisms and we have have, we see a need for God in our life. We see a need for Jesus Christ. We, we know that Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins. We, we recognize this free gift. But that's just the beginning of God's provenient grace. God wants us to go beyond that. God wants us to be sanctified. God wants us to be transformed. And so we're at the porch. We already got there. And many of us have opened that door and walked into the house. And many of us are just standing at that door. You know what's on the other side of that door? It is the Holy Spirit that transforms us inside. So it's not enough to say, I'm baptized. It's not enough to say, ooh, I'm Methodist. We grace, grace, grace. Grace is sitting on the shelf somewhere for a lot of us. And God is calling us, is drawing us in. Good morning, Grace. It's right there. Just wake up and say, good morning back. You know some people, you know, sometimes you say good morning to people and they ignore you. But not God's grace. God's, God loves us so much that when we came into this world, we, because of our own human faculties and deficiencies to turn towards God, God met us with grace. And that's the good thing about Methodism, how we understand God's grace at work. But yes, there's sin over here, but oh, grace is even more powerful because we know how the story goes that when Jesus rose from the dead, he rose with all power in his hand and, he, and we ourselves rose as co-heirs that we too are able through Jesus Christ to overcome Sin. Sin is not a thing in our lives, should not be, because we have what? Grace. But oftentimes, we just ignore the power of God's grace. And so James goes on and says, Know this, my dear brothers and sisters. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to grow angry. This is because an angry person doesn't produce God's righteousness. Therefore, with humility, set aside all moral filth and the growth of wickedness, wickedness and welcome the word implanted deep inside you, the very word that is able to save you. Well, Jesus walked this earth. I believe when he said it, he told his disciples, I'm going away, but I'm going to give you the spirit of truth. And James is reminding us that we have been implanted with the Holy Spirit, with the word, which is Christ residing in us. And so anger is not a bad thing in itself. But when we turn it for had sometimes our ways we talk to people when we get angry you know how that goes we get angry and we say things that we regret we say and matter of fact some of you have been unfriended some of your family is not talking to you in this season because of whatever's going on in our society and we've said some things to them too but God's grace is calling us to take a pause be slow to speak be slow to anger. And it goes back to 
our cravings, our desires. We put ourselves how we feel. Anger is a prompting of something not right. But a person that is being transformed is saying good morning, Grace, in the moment of this, this hot moment, and it causes us to pause and say, you remember back in the early 90s, WWJD, what would Jesus do? You remember that? Anybody still have those little bracelets going around? Yes. I bet if we put it on eBay, it could be an item for a little monetary gains there. <laughs> but the whole idea is that God has set us up to be and live the best lives ever with God's grace. And the whole idea of God's grace and going on to Christian perfection was like, what is Christian perfection? It sounds so perfect. But John Wesley's understanding of Christian perfection, which is a part of new birth conversions, we should have more than one conversion in our life. We look over, over our life and the course of our experiences, it should be transformational. Encountering each other is also a divine moment because the scripture says when the two or three are gathered, there is also Jesus, our, our relationships with one another. When we go serve in the pantry, when we do acts of justice and mercy, all these things are ways in which are means of grace for us to be transformed. What would it look like if we just were people always reflecting on what it means to respond to God's grace? What would it look like in your life to think about how have I experienced God today? It's the small things in our lives of experiencing God that makes us to trust in God even more. And you may be thinking to myself, you know, I hear this thing. I know we have, we have been birthed, new, new birth, and we have been given the Holy Spirit, but I, have, I haven't experienced that just yet. James reminds us here in the first beginning of this chapter, if you're lacking, ask for wisdom. If you're lacking, if you, if you, if you are struggling, if, if whatever that may be in your life, and it's not, if you are struggling, if you, if you need to, to feel the assurance that you too are a child of God, ask for the wisdom. And it says, but anyone who needs wisdom should ask God whose very nature is to give to everyone without a second thought, without keeping score. God graciously gives those who desire to be transformed. That transformational awareness is already in us. It's been implanted. It's already there. You don't have to go searching for it. You don't have to go looking for it. All you need to say is accept the invitation. Good morning, Grace. God desires us to go on this journey, to not do it by ourselves. Because we know that story. We, we saw how, you know, the Old Testament... We can look in our lives too. We know we can't do it. And God does not want us to do it. God's grace is unmerited, undeserving. Loving action of God in all human existence through the power of the Holy Spirit. And thanks be to God is already in us. Can we say amen to that? That thanks be to God that God has implanted everything we need, the word to be with us, to remind us when we go out trying to, you know, get our text messaging going on and, and all that kind of stuff. Thanks be to God we can say, you know what, I'm not going to do this today. 
And today, I'm going to mend some relationships on today. That God has given you everything you need to be the bigger person. Because somewhere in the scripture says that God provides the sun and the moon, food and provisions for even the evil person. And that if God can provide that type of care, just hoping and praying that those folks turn to God's grace, respond to God's provenient graces, just there waiting. That we too can extend the same grace to those who we have disagreements with. We're called to be the hearers and doers of our word. If the God is working on the inside, that means some changes in our lives happen. And peace and hope and mended relationships are what are in store. And your mind says, yeah, we hear these good words. We hear the graces here. We say good morning, but we look in that mirror and we turn away and we forget that We're called to be hearers. We're called to be people of transformation. We're called to put on the mind of Christ because we have no excuse because God has given us these free gifts. And so that is our challenge on this week is for us to take and pray that prayer of wisdom to ask God to show us, assure us that God is, has implanted God's spirit in us. And that is a step for most of us to have that prayer. I need that assurance, God, on this morning. I need you to, to let me know that you are here. Just give me a glimpse, Lord. And let us not doubt, because the scripture says don't doubt, because people are doubting because maybe God can't do it for me. Maybe this is not true. We are not called to have a double, be double-minded. We are to put our trust in the one who makes the promises. Because God reminds, this Jason reminds us that God is not changing. God is not stingy. God is not out to punish us. God is not out to write us off. But God invites us on his journey of his inviting, powerful, grace-filled life. So let's be bold this week and be daring to trust, to say, Good morning, Grace. Thanks be to God. Amen. Thanks once again for joining us on The Gathering Podcast. Grace and peace, y'all.